Morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Midday Grind, coming to you live from downtown St. Louis, right next to Rosalita's Cantina, the place for great Mexican food year-round. But this weekend, Cinco de Mayo falls on a Sunday, and they've got festivities, activities going all weekend long. Martin Kilquine, Charlie Marlowe, Jim Hewer, Brian Hoffman. The whole station's going to be here all day long, I think, right? We're going to be here yes. for the most part. Hard line from 2 to 4. Cam's going to be back here 6 to 7, punching people, doing shots, you know. Kind of how he does. Getting feisty for the for game five. Getting ready for a game five tonight, Blues and Stars. We do our picks to click, and Kerber had been on a great run. Even the other day in the loss, he said, I think Robbie Thomas is due. He did get he a goal. He said the power play, too. He, he cited more of the power play needs to step up, and that was uh-huh. their first goal. I them. would say the safest pick is probably Vladimir Tarasenko against Ben Bishop. The career numbers now, I believe, in 17 games, he's got 11 goals against Ben Bishop. Pretty good ratio, Tarasenko versus Bishop. A lot of focus coming out of game four, saying the Blues lost their composure. Did Bennington, in fact, Deadspin, which has become very annoying. Become. I'm sorry, become. They hated on the Cardinals for about ten years. They're on the Cubs now. But they said, does he look nervous now about Bennington? And I just totally disagree with this narrative that because he pushed Jamie Benn around and then went over and whacked Ben Bishop, that somehow now he's been rattled. He's clear they got to him. They're in his head. I just don't see that because at the time it was 4-1. to one. The game was out of hand. If anything, I wanted more Blues players to kind of get a little bit mm-hmm. chippy and edgy instead of the goalie being the one to have to do it. Jamie Benn is a career past, we'll say. So the fact that it was Jamie Benn, it wasn't some meek little guy that he went after. <laughs> The Ben Bishop thing was sort of random. Then he went over and gave him a little <laughs> whack. But the third period, I'm pretty sure Bennington didn't give up any goals. It's not like he crapped the bed right after doing that. So I just don't get that narrative. To that- be fair, the same writer wrote an article back in April commending uh, Bennington for not getting rattled in Winnipeg. Oh, really? Yes. So this he is was- April 11th saying Jordan Bennington would not be rattled. So this is a, your word. This is this writer's bailiwick. He likes to t- decide. She. She. Uh, this is here's Mark. Oh, sports writers got to no. be male. They let women go. write about uh, hockey now? <laughs> or next, thing you, next thing you know, they're going to let them do the games, too. <laughs> and vote? So, and All there that. was some critique. You are the- a rude, terrible person. That's fair. What about Chuck? <laughs> do you like Chuck? Well, I'm not a big fan of yours either. Thank you. We got to play them all. One somebody hot country. This is a hot White House. They come in threes. I'm sorry. We got to play all three. (laughs) The announcer the other night was getting a lot of heat, and we said on the show we were being just fair. Whether you're male or female, as a broadcaster, you can get criticized. Jason Witten being a great example of it doesn't matter if you're a great player. It doesn't matter. You're going to get criticized. (laughs) Somebody said she's not an announcer. 
she's a skater, a player. And I'm like, well, at that point, she was announcing the game. Yes. Right? She was at not that, playing the game. At that point, you're an announcer. And here he is having the time of his life. Sergio <laughs> Dip. Sergio Dip. <laughs> Love we go down guy. ice side to Sergio Dip. <laughs> but does anyone believe that narrative that Jordan Bennington now has been rattled or nah. the stars are in his head? I no. think it's fair to say the Blues overall, or maybe I'll pose this question to you guys. Don't you feel like they're lo- they lost their composure a little bit end of the second period? And look, but maybe Pond you did, say. Pond did that in game two. Okay. Appears to be like he, for some reason, he appears to be the guy who's going to mess with Bennington. I mean, with Bishop. And maybe they have some history there. And Perron also. Perron has a history of not getting it past goalies during the playoffs. But Perron whacked Bishop earlier in the series. Right, and correct. The Stars have been accused of, of diving. And it did look like Perron hit Bishop pretty good. Bishop also reacted uh, very much so when that happened. And, yes, and I think when you react like that, Chris Kerber said it earlier, earlier in a series, you're not going to get those calls later on in the series. It did seem like at the end of the second period in the previous game, the Blues were like, all right, it's 4-1. We're probably going to lose this game. Let's get our wax in. But, look, they were dominated the first two periods of that game. They came out and played really well in the third. So I don't think you can say that Bennington – is rattled because he didn't give up any goals. Now, if in tonight's game, all of a sudden, he has a bad game. Maybe we can talk about that a little bit. But he sure does seem like the type of guy who's kind of just like, you know, move on, turn the page. And momentum in this series hasn't meant anything game to game. That's why, Jim, here we talked about this. Yep. What's the percentage? 78%, 78% who wins game five in a 2-2 obviously goes on to win. I would be very surprised if the team that wins tonight does not win the series because with how even it's been, it's just hard to see a team coming back and winning the next two, Game 6 and Game 7, to win this series. I didn't really think there was any chance that this wasn't going 6 or 7 somehow, some way. How, how you get there doesn't obviously matter, right? changes your mind from game to game, but that's the playoffs. It really is, guys. I mean, after Game 1, you're thinking, oh, man, hey, Maybe five games, and then you lose, and then you win game, the third game. Like, we win tonight. You know, we got this. It does. It just doesn't work that way. All right, let me ask you this. For the panel, Dance. if I'm offering you right now, I'm guaranteeing you right now, would you take a game seven next Tuesday? Yes, 100%. Yes, I would. Absolutely. Because, because why? You're a little nervous that they yes. can't win two in a row. You're a little afraid maybe the Stars got some kind of mojo going. I just so. feel like that's where it's headed, to be but, honest with you. I just like. Would, so, so if I said, just roll the dice, see what they do the next no, two games, you'd say, eh, no. I think I'll take, because it's probably headed to a game seven anyway, whatever that looks like, a win tonight, a loss Sunday, or a loss tonight, a win Sunday, probably headed that way anyway, so why not guarantee it? Enough nope. bad memories of Blues tied at two in game fives at home recently, that makes me think, I'll, I'll take that game yeah. seven, that game against the Hawks, against the Kings, it didn't go their way, it's just, okay, let's, let's just settle. Home ice search. Let's play next week. It's purpose, and then you get to game seven. You go, okay, let's see what happens. The only other bad blood storyline that interests me are the other getting in their heads or losing their cool composure. And you were in that locker room, Charlie, dressing room. Dressing room. Excuse me, it's a dressing Hockey room. Hockey guy. <laughs> but the answers they all give are so ludicrous. It's awesome. David Perron said, oh, I was just trying to get around him. He's six he, foot seven. He, he, he's a big he, guy. He turned well, he's and tall, like, not wide. He turned and whacked him with his stick. And he's like, like in the back. I was, just trying, I was just trying to get around him. And like, no, actually, that's not. He's trying to use like a hook to get around him and a little bit. And then Ben now. Bishop said, well, we were, we were just playing hockey. I'm like, no, no. A guy came and just drilled you in the back. And, well, we're playing. It's playoff hockey. I'm like, what? 
I don't know if you heard the whole interview. It was very funny, though, because Perron was asked very early about that. And, of course, look, they're all lying. We get that. They're all lying. It's like in baseball when you plunk a guy on purpose clearly. Oh, no, that just I was trying to work him in. It got away from me. So Perron has the answer. No, he's just a big guy. He's six foot seven. I'm playing hockey. And we're like, okay. And then later on, as this happens sometimes, you know, the second wave of media comes in, and they want to ask the same question. So this older gentleman asked the same question. And Perron, in a nice way, said, you know, I, I said this before. It's just we're playing hockey. He's a big guy. He's six foot seven. And the guy was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, apologizing. It's like, dude. <laughs> he's not going to hit you with a stick. <laughs> First of all, he's not telling the truth. It's okay to ask the question right. because he's lying right to all of our faces. We get it. That's what they do. Okay. Wow. okay. You, you whacked him on purpose. We maybe, get it. Maybe the reporter was intimidated thinking this guy might hit me. But they don't want to get fined. Right? I mean, we all know that it was intentional. Come on. But I, I know, but I think it's more fun when somebody's pissed. 100%. And a bishop says, this is a bunch of crap. It needs to stop. Right. But that's when you got into their head, so nobody says anything to indicate that they got into our head. Because Jamie Benn, after the game, could have been like, Bennington's a punk. I'd kick his ass tomorrow. Whatever. He could have, Instead, he just goes, it's a bunch of grown men acting like donkeys. <laughs> like, I love I like that. That, that, was good, that was the best answer. answer. Oh, that, yeah, that, that was the best that's answer. That's a great quote. And let's be real. Okay, here, fans in St. Louis, obviously rooting for the Blues. Dallas, they probably hate Perron. And here, the fans hate Jamie Benn. If you're listening to any radio show, everybody's trying to crush him and all that. This is what makes the Stanley Cup playoffs fun. There is now some legit dislike. And you have hopefully three more games. You have a best of three now. And that's what's so fun about the Stanley Cup playoffs. I remember you asked me, Martin, before, do you think we'll see chippiness? Is there bad blood? And before the series, what's the answer? No. But once you play the same team... Every other day, four straight times, the same dudes start hitting each other. That bad blood, it just boils. And now it, it seems like it could continue for the next couple games, and it makes the series ten times more interesting. And the best photo I saw online was Essa Lindell, and he was in a full body cast. And he's, I yes. did see And that. he's laying in a hospital bed. <laughs> yes. And they said recovering from his game three injuries. Tonight, if somebody out there could pull this off, I like to assign other people things to do is show up in a Lindell jersey but have the full body wrap like a mummy all around you. Everybody would buy your beers all night, guaranteed. There's some great memes, gifts, all that stuff. Also, after after the game where, of course, Lindell was doing all the dives, I think Andy Banker created one where he had a three-platform uh, diving <laughs> platform from the Olympics, and he had three different Dallas Stars players on it there. Yeah, this is what makes the series fun. 100%. Late start tonight, 8.30-ish. It's fine. It's a Friday night. Blues hosting the Dallas Stars. Cards and Cubs kick off a series at Wrigley later today. You've got the 120 Friday start. Saturday's on Fox Sports 1. That's around 3-ish. And then the Sunday night game, by the way, now starts at 6, which is great. I like that. So do I. The Sunday night it's baseball is always ending at close yeah. to 11. So now they've moved it back to 6 o'clock. you got Flaherty on the mound today. I think the way it sets up would be Flaherty, Waka, Wainwright, Cards and Cubs. Cubs have been playing great baseball. Uh, Joe Madden knows winning two out of three is not good enough, so they're going to have to raise the bar a little bit at Wrigley. If I had tickets right now with airfare, maybe a PJ with Strick, private jet. Thank you. Way, none of us have ever said that. Pajamas? But... I would call him Puck Daddy. Daddy Padre called in and broke the news that Strick was on a PJ, and we said, excuse me? Private jet. Who's PJ? 
Stillman's? It was gold. It was Goldfinger's PJ. Yeah. And we're not allowed. Strickland Who's Goldfinger? Tell, he won't tell. Well, us. there was Goldfinger. There was Biff. 007, there was 002. 002. There was a couple other weird. We weren't allowed in to there. know. No money pennies. No. no but if I had this offer, and these are great seats to either right now, Game Five. You love this question. Or Wrigley mm. on a Friday. Game five. Come on. Hockey playoffs, second round. Yeah. But um, now I know that's our answer. What do you think around town? Walk up and down. Oh, game five probably. 100%. Game Cardinal Town? Yep. I don't know. You'd get Some people would say Wrigley, Cards, Cubs, both playing at a high level. But they'll play how many more times in Wrigley this year? Come on. This Another is the playoff. Playoff significance. This is the playoff. Yeah, Chuck maybe. seems kind of offended by your question. I have a question. No. <laughs> Terrible question. Tony. I hope you Tony. get singles. I hope Hold you on. Get Tony, singles. was that a good question or not? I think it's in this town, baseball town, you got to ask that question. That's, that's a very good point to make, man. You're having a good day. Thank you. Can I just say real quick, non sequitur, but kind of related? Or, or drop. Shingles there in late April, May. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. The drop we need, and I've been requesting this, is the John Kelly. Oh, So gosh. if you don't like a question I bring up or this a topic I bring this is crazy. I love that. So yesterday, we're taking our daughter, Janie Mae, beautiful little daughter, of course, to her 15-month doctor appointment where you get your shots, and, you know, you're, you're sitting there as a, as a dad, and your baby, I feel like they know, once they've been to the doctor a couple times, they know that the shots are coming. They start to get scared. And one of the shots, you get the, uh, the chicken pox shot. And when the doctor said that, that's all I could think of was that this is, you know, if you get your chicken pox now, shingles down the road. So now the shingles and Tony La Russa is just constantly The doctor's like, we're checking. You head. start laughing and Justin's like, what's wrong with you? shingles there in late April, May. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty good, though. Oh. That's good stuff. People like that. And then we swarmed him. <laughs> that's fair. We could have a big drop Friday here. You could. On the program. <laughs> Uh, the getaway lineup, that's a topic I will bring up with Tony in the future because we chastised the getaway lineup a couple weeks ago, and then they scored like 11 runs. Molina got the day off. Goldschmidt did, other than the pinch hit appearance in the eighth inning with the bases loaded. You also had DeYoung on the bench, Jose Martinez on the bench, who was a bench player, but now when it's the getaway day, he gets the day off because he's a regular in the lineup. Didn't muster a whole lot against Steven Strasburg, but I think the headliner, if you're a Cardinal fan, is Dakota Hudson because he has been a bit of the weak link in the rotation. And maybe it's fair that this is a guy going through it for the first time, and he does seem to be figuring it out. Like with Jordan Hicks, I think we've seen him somewhat figure it out. Learning on the – these guys are so young, learning on the job. So you lost the game, you didn't win the series. Three out of four ain't bad. Mm -hmm. And Dakota Hudson – Maybe dialing it in a little bit is a huge headline. Three pretty good outings in a row now for Dakota Hudson. We have discussed this before. I did think, and, and maybe I'm reading too much into Cardinals Twitter, that people were going nuts about 18 games into the season about the Cardinals rotation, as if it was going to be this horrible rotation. I mean, that's way too early in the season to make those those broad judgments. And look, it's only been a couple weeks but things have normalized, and the Cardinals now, since that good Miles Michaelis start against the Mets, they are 10-2 and two over that span, and the rotation has been either solid or pretty good for two full weeks. And I think you're going to see more of that. I'm not saying they're going to be the best rotation in the National League. They're certainly not going to be the worst. Maybe they're going to be around average, but I felt like 18 games in the season, people are, like, writing things off like, like Miles Michaelis is now not a good pitcher. Like, Jack Flaherty is, is going to have a 5 ERA. I was concerned about Dakota Hudson, but 
this guy has legit talent. He was good in the bullpen. He was the Cardinals minor league pitcher of the year, Pacific Coast League pitcher of the year. He has seemingly figured it out and, and is solid now over his last three outings. It's a pretty good rotation, and it's very, very deep. When you talk about the fact that you can have a, a Ponce de Leon come up as basically your ninth or tenth starter, same with Gomber, and help out down the road if need be. Even when a Hudson struggles, it's not like they're propping up a Mike Maroth and saying, oh, just hang in there, he'll be fine. Or wow, a, a that's used, a name. Or like a used-up Brad first-round pick. Yeah. Well, I'm saying this yes. is not somebody that they're just kind of limping along saying, I hope he gets through it. This is somebody with tremendous upside. So they're basically saying, just just wait, he'll be fine. And I think it's because Dakota Hudson was so good out of the bullpen. No offense to Mike Maroff. Last year that we were maybe surprised that he wasn't really good right out of the gate. Think about the last couple years. A couple years back when you had Weaver come up. He was bad early. Flaherty, his first couple starts, remember at the end of the year, he was not good until that following year, his first full season. It shouldn't really surprise us if a guy, even as talented as Dakota Hudson, struggles in two, three, four starts before he kind of gets his feet on the ground. All right. I, I think it was really I didn't know good. if Jimmy was holding Dyke Hoff his turn his own. No, no. <laughs> He's waiting. We, we're too much baseball. He's trying to do drops. Five, now, 590 Baseball is coming up at 1 o'clock, so he oh. stopped commenting. Jimmy is a big part of 590 Baseball, but he is willing to comment, and we appreciate that. I, I think the Dakota Hudson turnaround in the last three starts is really encouraging because the start in Milwaukee was so painful to watch because, like you said, Martin, it's him going through that process because that game of Milwaukee, he had no idea how to get anybody out that night. It was it was hard to watch. But in the last three starts, you see him growing and say, okay, I get it. Maybe I don't have my best stuff. And then yesterday, I don't think it was mentioned a lot, but you know Dakota Hudson was going, I'm going against Strasburg. I have a chance to go up against one of the better pitchers in this league. I need to step up. And he pitched him pitch for pitch throughout that start. I thought he was very good. He even showed the intensity by staring down the umpire a couple times because he wasn't getting a couple calls. I think it was great to see him mature a little bit in the last few starts. Question for the dance because we talk about the getaway day lineup. And again, I think you can't have it both ways. You can't complain when a guy is overused and then also complain about a getaway day lineup. I disagree. We like to complain about everything. That's true. I just wonder. I think it's a a fair (laughs) question, though, to wonder, should you sit all the guys the same game should you spread that out over the series and remember also the cardinals yesterday that was game seven of 17 straight ball games yes so you do need to rest guys you just wonder is it better to hey DeYoung sits today goldschmidt tomorrow as opposed to three or four of them the same and game. that's the thing you likely weren't going to rest anyone this weekend in chicago you're going to want everyone right. relatively healthy my one itty bitty just you know if you need to rest them pick a different day kind of complaint is if you have Hudson on the mound, a guy when he's on is very much a ground ball pitcher, I do think it's probably best to have your best infield behind him. And they didn't do that yesterday. And, across and, and I mean with more so with DeYoung at short. Right. That was my one little, I get resting him, resting Goldschmidt, resting Molina. Totally understand the need to do that during a long stretch of 17 straight games. But you know, maybe try to play to your pitcher's strength a little bit more. A lot That's of all i got to say until next I, hour. And a lot of this stuff is mapped out ahead of time. <laughs> I do wonder if you're Mike Schilt, once you took the first three, if you're like, boy, I already, Yachty knows he's off Thursday. He told me that. 
and then <laughs> you, you you were going to Sid Goldschmidt. Yachty's but I Yachty's Blues, Blues, game. Blues game. Blues game the night before. <laughs> he's he was in Dallas. Late. It was an 8.45 start. <laughs> Yachty, is he on another one? He's, a, he's in Dallas. <laughs> Schulte's like, uh, we always sit Yachty after the Blues play an 8.45 game. <laughs> That's kind of how we map it out. But I wonder if the first three are wins against the Nats, and then he said, you know what? I was going to bang Molina and Goldschmidt in this game. I think I'll sit to Young just to buy him a day. You don't announce it, but we did win the first three of this series. We're on a, it's possible, and then you get the optics of boy, all these guys are sitting at once. And the funny thing is, we're discussing this like they lost ten to one. Correct. I mean, it was a two-one game in the eighth right. inning. They have the bases loaded. I don't think either team wanted to be there yesterday. Correct. Oh, after Correct. that delay, that true. I yeah. thought you'd see first pitch swinging the entire game. I would have. They were done after that delay. I would. I think there's all these weird. Robert. I don't even want to be here. I have a guaranteed contract. What does it matter? All these Rob Manford weird tweaks they're going to try now. I think if you have a two and a half hour rain delay, the manager should get together and agree that we're starting in the fourth inning. Or what if you do this? <laughs> and just say right now is the fourth inning. Look, in college... And nobody was at the game to complain. No. no fans no, would not no. care. In college sometimes, if you have a rain out, all of a sudden, doubleheader, two sevens, two seven inning games, Rob Manfred says, hey, rain delay after two hours, it's now a seven inning ball game. And I did right, hear... I did hear an explanation to the 4 o'clock Eastern start. We were saying this is the weird – it's not a day game. It's not a night game. They started it at – well, we're supposed to before the rain delay. A D.C. game at 4 p.m., and Dan McLaughlin said he talked to Matt Weeders, who used to play for the Nationals, and Weeders said, oh, yeah, we did this all the time because of traffic. And I don't know if it meant – a day game is brutal because it would let out. Like at 4, 4.30? Like they don't want a noon or 1 o'clock game because it would oh. dump everybody out at the same time. Or you get there before traffic starts oh. and you're in the building. Although, i got to say, I don't really think they need to overthink it because it doesn't appear anybody's going anywhere. That is true. For a Cards Nat series, it was incredibly underattended. I mean, it was alarming how few people were at those games. And so the 4 o'clock start didn't seem to matter that's something though that look people say oh other cities are better they have more this more that and restaurants and sports teams we take for granted sometimes how easy it is to get around st louis we joke about everything i just 20 minutes away. i disagree i left okay, downtown but, at four o'clock or street took me an hour to get home disagree. okay but for the most part again <laughs> and i'm comparing this to the fact that i was in dallas for three days driving from a hotel about let's say 10 miles away and when you get in that traffic, especially in rush hour, you do say, man, this is a great city and it's really fun. But also, if you're having to spend an hour in traffic twice a day, uh, that's not great. And we don't have to deal with that for the most part here. So cherish that, Martin. How about this quote from Jordan Bennington, who we discussed on this show? 590 Hockey is coming up later today. Strick. But we can talk about it. Yeah, Strick will be at Schneider's from 4 until 5, if I'm not mistaken. Jordan Bennington, when told... Montgomery said that Bennington lost his cool in game four. Bennington said, who's Montgomery? (laughs) I love him. He's great. Now, Jim Thomas writing that Bennington said he didn't know the reference was to the Dallas coach, Jim Montgomery, but then added, he can say whatever he wants. I just take care of what's me. You know? I don't really care. So I think he knew who Montgomery was. Bennington. Even though he said... Who's, Who's Montgomery? Bennington is hilarious. And I don't know if we have this audio, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but when he was also asked about the fact that he went over and kind of, you know, everybody's kind of whacking each other with the sticks and all that, he goes, yeah, you know, it's hockey. It's, it's fun, you know, just kind of trying to switch things up. It's hockey. It's fun. Like, that was his answer. Right. I mean, it's just like, no, it's just, you know, 
Tie series, good series. It's hockey. It's and fun. if do you think Montgomery, that'd be Jim Montgomery, former Blue, coach of the Stars. Do you think he is saying, "Oh, he lost his like he's that's part of the mind game too." I think he's the Stars are game. riding this narrative, yeah, hoping that the Blues start to believe it. If that was in his post game on on uh, Wednesday after Game Four, he kind of couched that though because he was asked about that several times. I thought Monty's comments were very interesting though, just. Saying basically, and we've discussed this before in previous series, it's hard to replicate the the necessity to win that Dallas had in Game 4. When you look at the fact that, all right, if the series is tied, it's basically a coin flip. A 3-1 series lead in the Stanley Cup playoffs is a 90% win percentage for the team that wins. Even if the Blues come out and execute really well, and they didn't, but it's hard to match the intensity that Dallas had in that game knowing that if they lose this game the series is probably over and I don't think that's something you can manufacture that's why I mean we may see this tonight with whoever loses tonight's game five that team is going to have that in game six knowing that if they lose they're going home and that's where I think hockey's one of those sports where yes you can out execute the other team but Montgomery even spoke about this there are games where the other team is technically better but you exert more energy and i think in the sport of hockey that can really make a difference if shift after shift after shift you are you are just pouring out more energy than the opposing team you're going to give yourself a better chance to win jeremy rutherford the same quote from uh, bennington saying who's montgomery later he said he was not being disrespectful but he did not know the name of the stars coach (laughs) so that's That's so good if true That's awesome that he didn't know this. Or if it's not true, it's a great line, too, because he's still kind of digging at him, which is kind of, I think, his way of being sly about it. That, that doesn't really surprise me you, that wouldn't much. Wouldn't you like to know if he really knew the name? I think of the, he might not know his name. And he's not a big name, to be fair. Before the series, did you know the name of the Stars coach before it started? I did just because at one point I looked it up this year. Like, what was his? Because I knew he had a Blues connection, but right. it wasn't memorable, and he was here briefly. Yeah. You also have to remember, Jordan Bennington has only been in the NHL for about four months. Right. It's not like he's played all these guys before, and he's had these epic matchups with all these teams. And he's been and with one organization. So he knows the coach too, in Scranton. Right? He knows the coach in right. Wilkes-Barre, yeah. but he doesn't know the coach Toledo. in Toledo. Yeah, I, I could see that. I also know that from the short time Montgomery's been the coach, he plays the media game. He uses the media, so I don't doubt anything he's saying to the media. He's saying just to get at Bennington or anybody else. He's he's not quite Tortorella, but he's pretty close. He's kind of going down that hole. We need a Cardinal win at Wrigley, and then post game tonight, holding the Blues accountable with a win. Bennington talks, and then you say, "Well, did you see Mike Montgomery gave up four runs in the seventh for the Cards?" <laughs> Who's Montgomery? Just keep finding what new ones. What do you think of Colin Montgomery, former former golfer? Kind of looks like Mrs. Doubtfire. Never won a major, right? Sounds right, but always in the mix at the British. Correct. he is Scottish, Kind of British. a bad body golfer, fair to say. He looks a little like Bill Parcells slash yes. Mrs. Doubtfire, all of the above. Hey, we got a lot to get to. You can tell it's the Midday Grind Coveted Hour. Coming to you live from downtown St. Louis, there is a Game 5. A lot of excitement in town for Blues and Stars. You think Bennington knows what the capital of Alabama is? Ooh, you should ask ask them all. This is like a. Oh. <laughs> I had to think for a second, and I go, okay, I get your joke now. This is like a Stephen Colbert weird interview where you'd lean <laughs> in and say, what's the capital of Alabama? Like all these things that lead to Montgomery. Uh, text line, it's a take it to the bank Friday. Brought is to you by. Yeah, it is. How we about got, some we picks? got a couple. How about some picks to click tonight? What do you think? Are you nervous? 
Do you think Benning, Bennington was rattled? Chime in at 855-282-8255. Triad Bank, taking it to the bank, and you should take your banking business, all your banking needs, to Triad Bank because it's a St. Louis-based bank. You want to get things done? It's all done right here in town. Instead of those decisions being made in New York or Los Angeles, Triad Bank started in 2005 by St. Louis people. They can get it done. Five-star rated bank, commercial lending, Great bank. Commercial lending. Gummy bears. <laughs> Commercial bear. lending. Sweets. Sweets for Cardinals bears. games. I had a lock there. I had a brain lock. It's like it Tony happens. calling me Dan. Triadbanking.com is the website on Clayton Road is where you'll find them. Easy to get to. The Highway 40 exit at Lindbergh. 6440, whatever you want to call it. Get off there at Lindbergh. You're right there. Clayton Road. Triadbanking.com. Take it to the bank. Brought to you by Triad Bank. How about STL Lawn Care? Check them out on the web. STLLawnCare.com or email my guy, Tim Jenkerson. Tim at STLLawnCare.com. Give him a call. 314-974-5911. They've treated my lawn the last couple of years. How do they treat them? Nicely? They treat, treat it well? beautifully. It's greener, healthier. Got rid of all the clovers, the dandelions, those wild violets, those little purple flowers you don't want to see there. Mushrooms? They've aerated. Mushrooms? Oh, mushrooms, gone. Why do you gone. hate purple flowers? Because they're not like nice flowers in your flower bed. They're little kind of weed flowers, okay, those wild violets. Crabgrass? Crabgrass. They get rid of all of that. I got the mulch, the black tie mulch. They hooked it up there. STL Lawn Care, they also create a spray mix that no one else has. It helps the grass retain nutrients and fights off disease. They overseed. They also do mowing, landscaping, leaf removal, mosquito and bug control, and retaining walls. Call Tim Jenkerson at 314-974-5911. Email him, tim, at stllawncare.com. It is STL Lawn Care, Martin. After three or four days in Dallas, I came back. The grass was gone. so beautiful. It no, it's green. It's, uh, it's lush. Is it plush? Is it both? But i got to cut it because it's been a while. But it looks beautiful. How long does it take to mow your lawn? How big is your lawn? Well, it takes 25 minutes, I would say, for the front. Okay. I would say maybe 50 minutes to do the back, but I'm including. Wow. I'm including. That sounds excessive. That's yeah. a lot. Hold on. That's a good workout, But actually. I'm including. The 25 minutes is cutting and then weed whacking and then also doing the blowing. You know what I'm saying? Flip that off. All right. We'll come back. <laughs> Midday grind saying. taking up to 1 o'clock. Unbelievable. 590 like? baseball. Like 52 right years old. Still Didn't you call me Peter Pan once? Still telling uh, <laughs> little kid. 15-year-old jokes. Grow up, Peter Pan. Count I, I was going to tell him to clip it at weed whacking, and then you continued. So. Buzz kill coin. Well, how else do you say blowing? Though? You're the uh, gift that keeps giving. It's a fun Friday. We're having a good time. 100%. Uh, text line, take it to the bank. How about some picks to click? Your blues thoughts. We'll read those when we come back. 855-282-8255. This hour is also brought to you by Appliance Discounters. They're going to open their seventh location on June 1st, serving the Maplewood Richmond Heights area. It's the Deer Creek Plaza right off Laclede Station Road. And this seventh location, rather unique, it's the art of appliance. They're going to offer appliances in some unique, bold colors. How fun is that? Opening June 1st. But if you need an appliance today, tomorrow, next week, stop by any of these six current locations all around town. St. Charles, Baldwin, South County. Webster Groves, City of St. Louis, and in Fairview Heights, Illinois, on the web, theappliancediscounters.com. The biggest names at the lowest prices. Listen to this text, 855-282-8255. Need to change from the coveted hour 
to the commercial hour. Oh, Support the sponsor. Oh, that's, that's, not that's why we can bring you that's the coveted fair. hour. That's Just not think, if Chuck fair. didn't have great lawn care, Unbelievable. he wouldn't be able to sit in with us. He'd be at home pulling those purple 100%. flowers. 100%. Wild Violets, Rosalitas. Gosh, wild Violets sounds like a band that would be at Rosalitas. With the Wild Violets. I like that. You usually say Lufest, so you've changed that joke. Screwfest. Is Lufest, does that still exist? No, that's gone. No, it was... We'll get to it. It was around this time when they were supposed to announce the lineup for Lufest, and that's when all the intrigue started. Is it because we didn't go last year? I think so. Me to Weezer and you to uh, Snoop, Dogg. Snoop Dogg. We're we should probably pe- break. We're terrible people. Let's What's take a break. On? It's the commercial hour on 590 The Fan. <laughs> <laughs>